and welcome to episode 379 of the VegGrow podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I possibly can in my allotment and garden. Now coming up in just a moment, I have got a question from a listener which I'll answer and I'm also talking about edible houseplants as it's National Houseplant Awareness Week. So that's coming up in just a moment. Firstly, we have the diary. It's Thursday, the 7th of January, 2021. I'm just in my new shed today. And what I'm doing is basically getting ready to sow a few seeds. Now, what I tend to do with my seed is I make up a bit of compost in advance. So I use seed sowing compost at all times for sowing seeds because I find... Oh, well, I found my success rate is a lot higher with using seed sowing compost. Now, what I do is I mix four parts seed sowing compost with one part perlite and give that all a really good mix together. Now, perlite is easily brought from most garden centres. It acts as like a, a sponge is probably the best way to describe it. It retains some of that moisture. I started using this a few years ago and I found that my seed germination rates went up through using this stuff. So since then I always make sure that I have some available and ready to go. Now what I'm doing, I've mixed it all up, I've got like I say four parts seed compost, one part perlite, all together mixed up and now I'm just filling up some of my seed trays. These are the trays that I usually use for sowing seeds. I'm mixing together, I'm filling, uh, how many? Nine of these trays with this stuff, which all nine will then go inside the heated propagators to warm up ahead of the probably the weekend when I start sowing seeds but this is just something that I've developed over the years to be really quite successful with seed germination rates and uh, and what have you so I, I do reckon if you are thinking about seed sowing soon get yourself some perlite get yourself some seed compost mix it together and, they, and warm the seed compost up. Some of my little tips there, and it's only taken a few minutes just to prepare this up beforehand, so that come the weekend, they'll be warmed up and ready to go. Right, that's it today, just a quick little update. It's Saturday the 9th of January 2020 day. It's been bitterly cold over the last few days. But I came down the allotment today to see what I can do. Now, like I say, it's been bitterly cold, so the ground is frozen. We've still got a frost, which is very rare. Which kind of limits what I can and can't do. But what I've been doing, I've repaired my compost bins. Some of the panels on these compost bins that I built last year it started to come apart. I'm not surprised because the wood, it's a bit rotten. I used wood that had been used for bedding originally, so it was a, it's not the best, and it was more of an experiment and to make use of what I had. I quite like these bins or the style of them, but I do think that I will need to buy decent wood or do something a bit better if I want these to last. 
With that repaired, I then walked over to my main bed area, laid another piece of cardboard down. Now I have a collection of cardboard or try and keep some cardboard from work when and where I can. And I use that to lay on beds that are empty as a mulch. I then will cover it over with some compost at a later date. I had a larger bit which I've just placed down and weighted it down with some bricks and wood. And that, what they'll do is just cover any weeds, smother those out, stop them from growing. The cardboard will deteriorate, uh, which adds nutrients into the soil. It just basically acts as a way of suppressing weeds and just gives me that little bit less to do. Now I followed that up with digging up some potatoes and some Jerusalem artichokes, which I'm going to take home in just a moment and turn into some soup. Actually, that reminds me, I've got a few leeks, so I can grab some leeks. Let's do that while I'm, I'm just recording this. It's beautiful leeks at the moment. And we'll have some leek and potato soup. Delicious. Anyway, that is it for today. I'm gonna to head on home shortly, like I say, and make up some lovely little soups, which will keep us going throughout the winter. It's 10th of January 2021 today. I have been busy at home today. Now, one of the projects that I've been doing is obviously building this shed, as you no doubt are well aware of. And that's built, it's up and running, but there's something I really needed to do was run electrics. So I've run some electrics out for this and I've added a, a load of switches and uh, plug sockets. But what I've done slightly differently with this is that everything in here is now Alexa controlled or voice activated, if you like. Reason I've done that is actually it just seemed to make a bit more sense to me. Although it's waterproof and there's no risk of water getting into the electrics, there's of course there going to be times when my hands are dirty and wet and the idea of touching a switch, which might give me an electric shock, didn't sound very appealing. It's what happens with gardens. Or it's what happens while gardening, isn't it, really? You, your hands get wet, very wet sometimes. So I figured the safest way was to add some voice activation. So I, I have done that. Now, it does require Wi-Fi for it to work, which I've added an extender and it's just about got to the shed, but it's a bit temperamental. So I'm gonna to have to work out something a bit better for getting Wi-Fi into the shed. But on a whole, it does work pretty damn good and I'm quite impressed with it. It took me a while to wire everything up and get everything just right, but it is now operational and I'm very, very, very happy with it. It's starting to get a bit windy now. So what else have I been doing? Well, I have been busy sowing quite a few seeds. I've sown some aubergine, chilies, peppers and some onions. Just in my normal seed trays that I filled up the other day, you may remember I spoke about that on, was it Wednesday if I remember right? And they will go in a heated propagator which can now go into this shed along with some grow lights, which once they germinate will just help them out. Now, it is a bit too early in some cases for sowing a lot of these seeds. Aubergines and chilies do like a really long growing period, which is why I do them now. But because I have these heated propagators, I can get away with it a bit better than normal 
or than what most people can do without heated propagators. So I, I make the real effort with those and it really does pay off because I can get a good harvest of chilies, get some good strong aubergine plants. Basically it works out best for me which is why I sow them now and it's why I also have these heated propagators. Right well that is it for today I'm going to wrap up and head indoors and uh, this will be it for this week's diary section. So I've got a question from a listener that I'm going to answer in just a moment and then I'm going to be talking about all my edible houseplants. Well, hopefully you're enjoying this podcast so far. We'll be back with the content in just a moment, but I just want to take this opportunity to ask if you would consider becoming a member of the VegCrowd Podcast Supporters Members Club. It costs just £5 a month, and for that £5, it enables me to keep the podcasts going and encourage more people to grow their own food. But in return, what you will get for that £5 is each month you get several packets of seeds sent directly to your front door and these seeds can be sown in that corresponding month. Added to that, you will get behind the scenes podcasts, videos, blog posts, a lot more content for your money. To find out more and become a member, head to thevegcrowdpodcast.co.uk and click on the supporting members link. I've had a question from a listener called Robert who emailed me about polystyrene boxes. In last week's podcast, I mentioned that I sow leek seeds in polystyrene boxes and I have found these to be a brilliant way and a very easy way to grow leeks, particularly when sowing the seeds. This prompted Robert to ask me about this because he heard me mention it, but he's also seen people on YouTube and other channels using this same method. But he was wondering where I get the polystyrene boxes from. And I thought, actually, that's a really good question. Now, my polystyrene boxes mostly come from restaurants. Restaurants have fish or meat delivered in these polystyrene boxes to try and maintain a temperature. And once they've emptied the boxes out, they tend to throw them away. So if you are after some, pop down to your local takeaway restaurant or school. Obviously difficult at the moment with COVID restrictions. Or send them an email, might be an easier way, and just find out what they do with them and if you could have a couple if you are after some. Another way that I've been able to get some was that I actually placed a online order with an online butcher and that got a, a delivery inside these polystyrene boxes as well. So I've ended up with quite a few polystyrene boxes which are perfect for insulating little seedlings when we're starting to grow them. Hope that's of some use to you and I hope that Robert that answers your question too. Don't forget if anybody else has a question that they want to send to me email me richard at veggrowpodcast.co.uk or leave a comment on the website. It'd be great to hear from you. Each week when I think of a subject to talk about on the podcast I try to find a subject that is relevant and topical. Well, while researching for this week, I discovered that is in, it is in fact Houseplant Week UK. And this got me thinking about my own indoor edible plants that I grow. Now, I am keen to grow wherever I can. An indoor garden certainly falls into that category. I would even go as far to say that I believe that most people can garden indoors if they really wanted to, even if they had nowhere outdoors. 
So with that in mind, what indoor edible plants do I grow? Well, on my kitchen windowsill and even on my worktop directly in front of a windowsill, I have taken over with my collection of plants. Firstly, we have my microgreens, which I have spent years dabbling with. But certainly over this last year, I've really got more involved into microgreens. Now, microgreens are a salad crop, although you do need to grow a lot of them to really get a substantial meal out of them. They don't take up a huge amount of space and they are very quick to produce a crop. Now, what I also like to do with these is that I use up old seed that is going out of date. Now, that could be cauliflower seed or broccoli seed. There's plenty of choice out there. So it's worth experimenting and researching if this is what you're thinking of doing. I also like to grow salad crops indoors, such as mixed lettuce. Again, these can be grown in small containers. But what I have again dabbled with in the past is hydroponic kits. Now, I've brought most of these hydroponic kits from Ikea and these are fantastic. They are sets, they come as a stand which take up very little space. They've got several different growing layers. They have grow lights which help produce healthy looking leaves. But also I think they look really good on a worktop too. Now the most important thing is that they produce a good amount of salad crops to eat. Being hydroponic, they need very little care. The hardest thing is actually to get the seeds started. But once it's up and running, it is very, very easy. And the grow lights really do help at producing some really good, thick, leafy growth. Now, I also like to grow herbs on a windowsill. In fact, when I lived alone, I had a really big collection of rosemary, sage, mint, thyme plants all on my windowsill which when I was cooking that was right where I needed them. These days I do tend to have those particular plants outside but that leaves the windowsills for some more delicate plants and one in particular would be basil. Now I love growing basil, I love the taste of basil and it is possible to have basil growing all year round by using our windowsills or growing indoors. I also have a couple of citrus trees. Now I've only got these citrus trees recently. One's a lemon and one's an orange tree and they are very, very young at the moment. Now they will go out into a greenhouse as they get older and bigger. But I like to keep them indoors because I think they look stunning and it is possible to get them to fruit. They might need a cold snap, especially with a lemon to produce the fruit, but I think these look so good that they have to stay indoors, in my opinion. Now, my final three plants are probably a bit of an unusual collection based on what I've already said, because let's face it, the ones that I've already said aren't that imaginative. They're pretty standard. These three plants are my cardamom, turmeric and ginger plants. These all come from tropical regions of the world, and that is why I treat these as houseplants because they really do need the warmth they need a lot of looking after now each plant actually has their own needs and requirements but what i really love about these is that the foliage is nice and big and thick and green and they just create that wow factor from a visual appearance they look absolutely stunning in terms of food production as well, the ginger and the turmeric produces ginger and turmeric roots and they can actually produce quite a few of these. When it comes to harvest them, 
we can even get more and more plants from these. So very, very easy to do. The hardest problem I actually had with these was I've been trying for years by buying a, a ginger root to get them going and it always failed. What I ended up doing and learning a lot about was actually buying a plant and starting from there and then taking that root, soaking the root, uh, but making sure we've got little sprouting areas for them to grow. Quite difficult to explain that on a podcast not entirely dedicated to this, but it's certainly something to think about if you are thinking of growing ginger or turmeric. Now, the cardamom plant, that is highly unlikely to produce cardamom pods here in the UK. But what it does do is the leaves are edible and we can actually use these a bit like what you would use herbs for. You chop them up and add them to to dishes or to add a bit of flavour. Quite a bit of choice. So that is my indoor plants. But what I have found over the years with growing indoors is that there are a few differences compared to the growing plants outdoors. Now, firstly, I have a tendency to forget to water my indoor plants, especially during the winter, which while some plants do go dormant and don't need a huge amount of watering, other plants will continue to grow, especially when we have the heating on, which is probably the worst thing for these plants. Now, there are gadgets on the market that will remind you to water, but what I've ended up doing is actually set an alarm on my phone to go around and check on my indoor plants once a week and water if necessary. Now, another problem that can happen with our indoor plants is the lack of light levels. Now, even in front of a big window, the light levels in some days can be very, very low. Grow lights can mitigate this and and sort that out for us. But actually, quite often what I've found is all we have to do is remove the neck curtain. And that just allows that little bit more light through. Now, the final difference that I've found with houseplants is that they need to look good. Now, that's not saying that outdoor plants don't need to look good either. But there's something about indoor plants. That I just feel they need better looking plants. They need to, well, I guess the word I'm looking for is they need to look tidier. Not a huge problem in some cases, but it's just something that I have found and and try and think about as we grow on. Well, that is my edible indoor houseplants. Do you grow any yourself that I haven't mentioned or are you thinking about trying a few out? If you want to let me know, and I would love to hear your opinions on this, you can email me richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can head to the website thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk and leave a comment or you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. Right, well, that's it for this week. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening to me. We'll be back again next time. But until then, please take care. <laughs>